Welcome to Adulthood Made Easy, a podcast from Real Simple Magazine that will not only help you navigate real life, but win at real life. I'm your host, Sam Zabel. And before we start with today's episode, I just want to make a quick plug to all of my listeners, which is that I am listening to you as well. When you tweet me ideas or feedback or suggestions, I'm there. I I'm obsessive about my Twitter and about people who talk to me. So if you have ideas for the show or things you want to hear or people who you think would be great, if you think you would be great on the show, please tweet to me. Please get in touch with me. I want this to be a show that is as helpful to you as it is for me. So feel free to get in touch with me anytime, and I will try to make the show as great for you as possible. Anyway, on to today's episode. As we know, one of the things that often happens when you graduate college is that you move to a new city and you have a new apartment and you have a new roommate and everything is wonderful and you Instagram everything and it's perfect and great and you feel like you're in sex in the city. And then on the flip side is that you move back home into your childhood bedroom where all of your pictures from high school are still on the wall and your parents are asking you where you're going at this hour and all of your friends are Instagramming gorgeous photos from their city life and you're sitting at home in the kitchen. So how do you deal with that? What's that like? I happen to be the person who moved to the city after college, although it was not as glamorous as anyone made it seem to be. And as it happens, my sister did the exact opposite, where she moved back home to Orange, Ohio after graduating WashU in St. Louis. So I have convinced her to come on the show today, and we're going to have a little sisterly chat about what it's like to live back under our parents' roof and away from all of her friends, many of whom live on the East Coast, many of whom live in Boston. And also, we haven't even chatted on the phone in a while. So this will just be a great chance for us to catch up. So my sister's name is Allie, and she's Skyping us right now from her childhood bedroom. So hi, Al. Hi, Sam. Thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. I will tell everyone I didn't give her a choice. I texted her and I said, will you be on the podcast? And I said, no, sorry, you're on the podcast on Thursday. And I gave her the time. And I said, I know you have nothing to do, right? That is very true. <laughs> so here she is. So Allie, so you just graduated. How long ago did you graduate? You're a fresh graduate. Very fresh. I just graduated at the end of May. And like I said, you moved back home. And where do most of your friends live? Tell everyone what the friend situation is. So none of my friends from school lived in Ohio. None of my friends from Ohio decided to stay in Ohio. So a lot of people moved out to New York, Boston, Chicago. Um, there's actually a few in Columbus, Ohio, but that's about two and a half, three hours from me. So everyone really went to the East Coast far away from the Midwest life over here. <laughs> and you really moved right back home and you started your job. How soon after moving back home? I started my job about a week and a half after I got home. So I graduated, drove 10 hours home, did some appointments, some HR and started a week after that. So it was a quick turnaround. So it's a quick turnaround. So first, I want to talk about moving back home. And you should not worry about the fact that mom and dad listen to this podcast because we're just going to be <laughs> honest. We have to tell people how it is. They'll have to understand it's all in the name of journalism. So Sounds good to me. think back to the first day that, you know, I know it takes a while where at first you kind of just think you're home for the weekend or home for the summer. When did it hit you that like you had moved back home and you were back here for the next year of, you know, or at least of your life? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a good question. I think I would say it really started hitting me when my friends all got together on the East Coast, like I said, and they were posting pictures, like you said, people do. Um, and I realized that here I was with an eight to five job every day. 
and they were out having fun on the beach. And I was like, okay, this is it. I'm going to be here for a very long time. And it kind of hit me that I officially made the transition. And how did it make you feel? Well, I do love being home. I do love our parents. Um, But it definitely was a weird feeling. I definitely had the FOMO, the fear of missing out with my friends. It definitely felt weird not to be there because I'm usually just always felt such a part of the group. And they did try and keep me in touch. They called me. They all FaceTimed me. So that was really nice. But I definitely was very sad I couldn't be there and sad thinking about how long it was going to be until I saw them the next time. Does it feel like, what does it feel like to be at home though, is what I'm trying to get is because you're not home. Like I said, you're not home for the summer. Now you're, you've moved back in. This isn't a transitional time. You have to unpack your suitcases. You have to hang everything back up on the closet. Like, does that, this is it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've redone my room a little bit, so it's not as childish, I would say. (laughs) You took down, Um, did you finally erase that whiteboard? Yeah, we erased the whiteboard, took the stripes off the walls, um, just cleaned up a little bit. So that was kind of nice. So it feels a little bit older, feels a little different. Um, Being back home, I mean, I was always home over the summers, but now it just kind of feels like I have two older roommates who like to cook me dinner. Um, They've been really great. We're both pretty mutually respectful of each other. So it doesn't feel exactly like it did when I was younger. The town itself, I mean, you know, a small town. Not much changes when you go away. So the town's just about the same. I don't see as many people I know. I see more parents than kids I know, which is kind of an interesting feeling. Um, So I guess I would say it's a little weird because I'm home, but I'm not back home like it was when I was younger. It kind of feels like I'm home, but in a different stage of home, if that makes sense. But are are you, do you feel like you have to be account, you know, you went from being at college where you could just go out and do whatever you wanted and you didn't have to tell anyone when you were going to class or when you were going to get food. Like, are mom and dad respectful of that? Or are they kind of breathing down your neck to say, where are you going? (laughs) What are you doing? Text me when you get there. Because I remember they were like that. (laughs) They were definitely like that in high school. I was kind of worried about that just because I was so used to being independent and doing my own thing at college. Um, But they've actually been really great. I, I still, just out of respect, I tell them where I'm going. Or I text them, you know, I'm coming home if it's late at night, just because I know mom will sit up at night waiting till I get home still (laughs) and be worried. But um, they haven't been like, no, you can't do that. Or no, you can't go there. Nothing like that. Um, Not that I'm doing much these days anyway. But if I want to go to dinner with a friend or the other night I went, my friend's home, we hung out for a little while and I stayed out late on a work day. Um, (laughs) But it didn't matter. They weren't like, you should come home now. So it's been pretty great. I haven't felt too constricted. But at the same time, you know, I do, if they're like, let's do dinner, I'm not going to go and make other plans and say, you know, actually, I want to hang out with my friends. Like, I'll still get dinner with them instead. But they haven't been, I I haven't felt like there's been a lot of barriers or I've been restricted in a sense. So one thing you said was that you said you redid your room and that kind of helped make things feel a little less childish. Are there any other things that you've done that have helped make it make it feel like you're you're moving to a you're moving back home, but moving back home to a place that has grown with you rather than moving back into your childhood home? Um, yeah, I would say the room is definitely a big thing. Going through everything, throwing out a lot of older stuff. I bought work clothes, clothes I never would have worn before, but now I'm trying to grow up, move in with this new adult version of myself. So the closet um, looks different. There's not as the many crop tops. <laughs> I don't wear crop tops. You wear a lot of them. You wear a lot of crop <laughs> not tops. Not anymore. Not the new adult me. 
I think also just being on a different schedule. I've tried to like have wake a certain time I wake up when I, what I eat in the morning. I'm trying to like work out more to keep myself more productive and not just sitting in my room watching Netflix every day when I get home from work. Stuff like that. I opened a bank account. That was a big deal. Congratulations. Um, yeah, thanks. So is that something you opened that bank account by yourself or did you still have to go with your with parents? Oh, you know, mom's not ready to let me do stuff like that without her quite yet. So she did go with me. But that was nice because, to be honest, I don't know a lot of financial things yet. So I'm still learning. So it was good to have her there just to kind of help explain. And she knows more than I do. So that was good. I do think it's so interesting because you, your first year out of college, you have your, we both had jobs our first years out of college, which is very lucky. But I had to, I feel like I had to figure out a lot of things like where to deposit my rent. And when things broke, I didn't have dad to just fix things and screw things and drill things. And do you feel like moving home has been helpful in helping you adjust to your job at all? Or do you think moving home has its perks? I'll say. (laughs) But um, no, it definitely has helped with adjusting, especially with financial things um, like getting checks, insurance, stuff like that, figuring out my direct deposit, stuff like that. I haven't had to worry about as much because I knew that they would help me figure it out. They've taught me about it. It's also nice just to have people. I'm going through an application process right now, as you know. She's applying to med school. You can tell people you're applying to med school. I'm applying to med school. So it's nice to be able to talk to them about like healthcare policies stuff like that, more ethical topics like politics, because that's not something, I mean, my friends and I sit around and talk about it, but not 24 sevens, but it's, so it's nicer to have them veterans in those areas to be able to really talk things through with me. Let me ask questions, answer them. So that's kind of a perk of being here, I would say, versus being off on my own in an apartment. What scares you the most about when you have to be off on your own? Ooh, I don't like to think about that quite yet. But I think definitely being able to figure out how to pay for things in a balance, how to not overspend, make sure that I can pay my rent and get all the things I need before I spend it on unnecessary things. So balancing money would be a big thing. I'm very worried about being on my own. Also, I don't know, just learning how to cook better because, you know, dad (laughs) makes all dinners for me willingly because I'm not quite the cook. So being able to fend for myself in that respect. There's always Cheerios. People get so nervous about cooking, and I'm like, it's really not that hard. You get a thing of peanut butter, and you get a box of Cheerios, and you'll be fine. Well, I can do that. That If that's if that's all I need to do, I can do that. You'll be fine. <laughs> so let's get back to the, the topic of friends, which I also think is a big one, especially for people who move home or move to a new city. You know that all my friends stayed in Chicago, just like a lot of your friends are in Boston. And I don't, I don't think you're being totally honest. I think you're being a little mature about, like, it's fine and I know we'll stay in touch with them. Like, are you, what yeah. does it feel like that all of your friends are, you know, to have all of your friends rooming together, getting apartments together, you know. Are you trying to make me sad on the air? Maybe? I'm not trying to make you sad. <laughs> I'm trying to get you to not be so such like a little martyr about your friends moving away. No, no. Well, you know what? I think that's the only way to really deal with the situation is to think positively about it. But you are right. I mean, it's definitely sad. It's definitely not a good thing to be able to see all your friends snapping, Instagramming pictures together. I mean, it stinks. It really stinks. It's kind of like when you first go away for college and your home friends, if they're all at the home state school and they're all taking pictures and they look so happy and you're like, oh, I wish I could be there. Um, But instead of knowing that I'm going to be back at school in three months, it's like, when am I ever going to see them? 
Um, So that's kind of, I mean, it really, it has been hard. It's pretty sad, but I'm going to see them for the 4th of July. And I feel like since we've been able to do that, which is now this is going to be the third year in the row. So now that we've been able to do that so many years and keep a tradition like that, it kind of gives me hope about keeping in touch, making sure we're seeing each other. Um, so stuff like that gives me motivation, gives me stuff to look forward to. How do you keep in touch with them? Is it all texting? Do you make an effort to call them? Um, I have not been good about the calling lately, but normally we do talk on the phone. We've been texting a lot. FaceTime is a great thing to keep us all in touch, but I've, we've all been really busy, me and them getting situated in these new situations. So I haven't really taken enough time to pick up the phone and call, which maybe I'll do after this, but, um, We definitely have kept in touch through texting, um, which has been good. Have you started to notice, and this is something that I noticed pretty soon in my first quarter of real life, Mm -hmm. I noticed really soon that I I could kind of tell who was going to be a friend for the long haul and who wasn't. And you don't have to name names, but have (laughs) have you started to have that, has that started to settle at all? Like, have you started to notice who you're not really going to miss? Yeah. Well, I kind of started to notice that once I started leaving actual school, like packing up and realizing who I wanted to be spending my last moments with at college, you know, like I have one week left. I have this many hours. I don't want to see some friends who were, who were great friends, but more peripheral. So I kind of started to notice it then. Ah, It hasn't really been long enough. And how, what's been the process of making new friends like at at your, at your job? Oh, you should tell people, we haven't told people where you work. That's because okay. I don't. I'm not totally confident. So why don't you tell people where where you work and what you do? <laughs> okay. Well, I'm currently working at the Cleveland Clinic. I'm doing research out of the cardiology department, the Heart Institute. So that's been really great. It's been really exciting. A good way to distract myself as well, I would say. I'm pretty much the youngest person uh, with the people that I'm working with right now. When I started, I was the youngest person in the office. Yeah. So um, it's been it's been pretty interesting. It's nice sometimes to be around older people as kind of like set the standards, role models. I work in the same office as a kid who's your age, actually. Mm. So that's been kind of nice, showing me the ropes. Do I have any best friends at work yet? No. <laughs> Am I hoping to make work friends? Yes, that would be nice. Um, but it's it's been going well so far. Everyone's been really nice. So I thought I'd put you on the spot because I'm the big sister. And I don't know if I like the sound of that. <laughs> I, you don't like the sound that I'm your big sister? <laughs> no, I'm, that you're about to put me on the spot. I'm the big sister, and I've spent a year talking to people and getting their advice. And so I am an expert on adulthood in the real world, and I know everything. And <laughs> I'm the smartest person alive, as you know, uh-huh. as I've yes. been telling you for 21 years. 21 years. So I thought I would give you the opportunity to ask me some questions about what you're scared about, about adulthood, and what you want to know and what makes you most nervous. And I'm going to solve all of your problems on air. And I've also, if it makes you feel better, I've never been interviewed on this show before. So I'm giving you the chance to also oh put boy. me on the spot. So ask me your questions because I'm here. To, I wanted I wanted to be someone who also helped you since you're doing me a favor and being on the show. Now, no, this what can is an I honor. Do? You know I've always wanted to be on the show. I know. Well, I guess what I would say is I think you've done a really good job keeping in touch with people, visiting your friends, having them visit you, and like even going places to visit them. Mm-hmm. I guess what I'm nervous about is with a work schedule and not being able to take time off whenever I want, you know, planning ahead is also hard because you don't know, like for me, the patient schedule or how things are going to work out that day. How have you figured out ahead of time or 
how to plan to meet friends here, there, stuff like that. And it's also hard because it's expensive because I really can't just jump on a plane and and toss $300 out the window. I I just got my first paycheck and I don't think it's going to And it's disappointing, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. I remember my first paycheck. I was like, what? Anyway, how do I plan it all out? Well, I don't think I visited them as much as I have, but I will say something that I did my first year that I would recommend is send cards. I sent cards for the holidays. I sent birthday cards. I sent some Valentine's Day cards. Like it was little and it was kind of cheesy, but it may, that's how people know you care about them. And that kind of puts you in people's mind as like, ugh, Allie, Allie's in this for the long haul. Like she went out, got a stamp. She knows my address. Like it sounds weird, but that means oh, something to people. And so in addition to the FaceTiming and the texting and things like that, I think the best thing I did was send cards to people, was remember to text people to say, good luck at your first job. How did that presentation go? to kind of mask your jealousy by pretending to be interested in their lives. <laughs> no, yeah, no, exactly. But, and to really be like those first six months are really going to weed out the friends for four years versus the friends for life. And I think the little things you can do to go above and beyond sets you apart and is really special. No, I, yeah, that's actually a good point. Because I know if when people send me cards or like when people sent me treats after the MCAT, it just felt good to know that people are thinking about you. Right. It's a little something. It's anyone can text, but like the real yeah. good friends and the good people will send you a card. And I also do think that you should call them because like what we're doing right now, like, you know, you can hear my voice and I can hear your voice and we can laugh and we can joke and we can be sarcastic and we can, you know, go back and forth in a text. It's like you I mean, you do type very fast, but. You can't type fast enough to really get the banter down. So that's my advice. What else? It's definitely something I should get better about. Hmm, What else? I guess how about when, you know, you get an apartment. Well, finding an apartment I know is always a joy. It's horrible. Um, But once you get an apartment, you know, when you're in like this house, I clean up after myself, but I also have two wonderful roommates helping me. So how did you manage, like you said earlier, like repairs when things break or just making sure that you're cleaning every nook and cranny and that you're living in like a... What's it like to maintain your own space? Yeah, that's a nice way to put it. Thank you. <laughs> there's a lot of crying in the beginning. And then it's a mat- there's a lot of Googling. Like you will be amazed at what you can figure out if you just go on the internet for five minutes. And mm-hmm. there's nothing that inspires confidence in you, like putting together your own coffee table with hammers and nails. And so my first advice for maintaining your own space is to build one thing yourself because you'll be so, even if it's built kind of, I have a bookshelf where it's one piece is upside down and it doesn't quite fit together and it sways back and forth, but it's my favorite thing in the whole apartment because I'm like, I built that myself and it's amazing. And since then I've built a couple other things and It usually takes me six times the amount of time it says it will take me on the instructions, (laughs) and it's the greatest. And then how to maintain your space, how to clean it. You just clean it. You clean it every week. You could do things like I do. How do you find time to clean every week between, like, jobs and waking up early and going to bed late? And (laughs) I can't You just do it. You just clean your apartment. (laughs) What do you mean? How do you find the time? Sometimes you get lazy. You get tired. It's hard. Yeah. Well, you clean your apartment every week and you clean it 
on Sundays or Saturdays if you're busy during the week and you put your dishes in the sink and then you clean them off and this you just do it and you can use your vacuum to dust your countertops if you want to and you buy a million Lysol wipes and wipe everything down but you clean your apartment every week that's just you just do it (laughs) (laughs) but repairs you can do a lot of repairs yourself yeah you'd be surprised you're stronger than you think yeah well, we'll find out hopefully eventually. We'll find out for sure. <laughs> All right. I'll give you one more question. What about a question about work? Do you have any questions about work? How did you like reach out to people in the workplace? Because you were the youngest too, mm-hmm. to try and have them look at you as not someone who's a fresh graduate and young and naive, but someone who they could consider, you know, like a colleague, a friend, someone that's not just like the kid in the office. That's you a know? good question. There you go. Um, How did I do that? I did my best to go to lunch with people in the beginning. I think that that's kind of an equalizer that people are just talking about themselves and want to learn more about you and ask about you. So I definitely took people up when they were like, oh, we should – if people said to me casually offhand, like, oh, we should get coffee or, oh, we should get lunch sometime, like I followed up on that. And I was like, actually, yeah, I'd love to get lunch. Are you free to get lunch this week or whatever? And I was just telling someone – yesterday who was like how did you get to know everyone and it's a midwest thing so you'll be fine with it because you're from ohio too is (laughs) every morning when i walked in every person i passed i said hello to i said good morning and hello to i forgot that doesn't happen everywhere in new york people were like i'm sorry what what did you say and i said hello to every person i passed in the morning and then hello turned into like oh did you get a haircut or like oh that looks you know your breakfast looks really good what are you eating and then that i sort of got to know people and people were like oh that friendly girl from the Midwest just always coming in and saying hi to everyone and it it sounds silly but like just starting out by seeming like an interested and eager and charming person people are like wow she's confident and she wants to get to know us and she wants to be part of this office and like that is enough and when I had questions for people I walked to their desks instead for the most part if I could tell they were busy I sent them an email but like if I had a question for my boss I went to her office and I asked her because yeah. I think that there's something that makes people see you as more confident and less like a graduate when you talk to them face to face. Because I think people, the stigma with millennials is like they love the Internet and they just want to spend all their time emailing and texting. So if you walk up to someone and talk to them face to face and say, oh, I was going to shoot you an email, but it would be so much. I figured it'd be so much quicker if I just came and grabbed you. I just need five minutes of your time. But it sounds weird, but like if you walk into the office every morning and say, good morning, Joe, good morning, Susie, good morning, whatever, and it's crazy, but I really think that that's how I got to know people was just – and then people sort of – sort of started expecting me and they sometimes would be like, oh, hey, Sam, good morning. And when I saw yeah. people in the kitchen to get coffee, I would like make jokes like dad, you know, dad jokes where I'd be like, <laughs> oh, it's my third cup already. Classic icebreaker. Right. Like things like that. Someone was making, I remember someone was making, it was my second day and this, it was take your child to work day. And so one of our food editors was making smoothies for all of the kids so it was like a tray of 25 smoothies and I walked in and I was like oh you're thirsty and she was like ha ha <laughs> and then I was like the girl with the dad jokes so yeah. I just think that you should just do what you do best and just talk to people and be friendly and outgoing which you are and say hi to everyone and don't worry if they look at you like you have six heads eventually they'll look at you like eventually you only have one right <laughs> eventually you'll be the one-headed girl and they'll love you and you'll be great All right. That sounds good. 
I think that's that, good advice. I think that is good advice. I think that, that was good advice. I think I should have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at that. Okay, Allie, I know it's getting close to your dinner time, so I will let you go because I know chefs, the chef Isabelles, have good food for you to eat. But thank you for being on the podcast. It was so fun to talk to you. Thanks for having me. This was a joy and a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Adulthood Made Easy. Like I said, if you have ideas or topics or people that you'd like to have or see or hear on the show, please tweet to me at Sam Zabel and I will add them to my list. I'd like to thank our editor, Tim Einenkel, and our producer, Kristen Meinzer. If you're enjoying the show, don't forget to review it and subscribe to it in iTunes. The more reviews the show gets, the easier it is for people to find it. I'm Sam Zabel, and I'll see you next time. Bye.